0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 188. One
1: day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a time lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Bravehearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a
0: moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Physician heels. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic.
1: I am Scottish.
2: I can complain about things. Ta-da. Ooh. She'll be fine.
0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 11th Doctor story, Vampires of Venice. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Cory Stika. Hi, Father Cory.
2: How's it going, Dom? Although I prefer Werewolves of London, but. <laughs> <I don't>... Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't?
0: Well, it's a better song. <laughs> So, folks, uh, please remember to like The Secrets of Dr. Who on Facebook at facebook.com slash Secrets of Dr. Who, or you can retweet us on Twitter where we're at SQPN, and uh, please be sure to leave us comments there. We love interacting with you on our social media, uh, both as ourselves and as the page when we can manage to make Facebook switch it back and forth, uh, and on our our, uh, Twitter and and whatnot. We we have a, a lot of fun extending the show beyond the podcast into direct interaction with with you, the listener, so we would love for you to to show up over there and interact with us. So we have this episode of the of the eleventh Doctor aired in two thousand ten, May eighth, two thousand ten was when it aired, and it features uh, the Doctor, Amy, and Rory on a on a trip, and it's the sixth episode of this first season of the eleventh Doctor. So we've saw we saw Rory in the the beginning, the first two parter, and he's back now in the sixth episode.
1: The first one-parter.
0: You're right, it is. It's the first one... Uh, uh, so far, well, if there had to have been... If this is the sixth episode, something was a one-parter, wasn't it? Uh, the Oh, The uh, Beast Below was a one-parter.
1: Yeah. Well, but so was the 11th hour. The the Doctor's introductory episode where we meet Rory.
0: Right, 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 right. That's true.
1: It
2: was, now it was, like, it was like three continuous stories that went one right yeah. to the next.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. This one is is a bit of an interruption. Uh, I do want to, before we get started, you know, talk about the episode itself, uh, this one is written by Toby Whithouse, who has written a number of episodes of New Who. Uh, school Reunion, The God Complex, A Town Called Mercy, The tw- uh, Two-Parter Under the Lake Before the Flood, that's a 13th, um, tw- sorry, 12th Doctor, as well as The Lie of the Land, which is, isn't that the 12th Doctor one, or is that a 13th? Yes,
1: that's a- 12th Doctor. It's part of the Space Monks trilogy.
0: Oh right, 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 and he also was the German soldier in the uh, in the bomb crater in the Christmas episode. Twice upon a time. Yep. So by
1: my rankings that of the episodes you just named, one of them I like, I think is good. I mean, quite good at school reunion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it has flaws, but seeing Sarah Jane and Canine is just such a treat.
2: Yep. and it was a fun episode.
1: There's a bunch that are kind of in the middle that aren't particularly great but i don't particularly hate and then two of them are ones i absolutely loathe <laughs> we know what the god complex
2: and a town called mercy this one this is not the worst that toby whithouse wrote but it's not the best by a long shot it's it's a fair midland at best it's got yeah. its moments
0: which yeah. one was the god complex i forget
2: well That's the one with the space
1: Minotaur, where it's all about not having faith.
0: Oh, right, right. The Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. I, Uh, I
1: find... Now, so this episode has kind of an interesting place in the overall structure of the season in the story arc, because part of me wants to say, why do we even have to have this episode? because it's 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 so not my favorite. It's not mm-hmm. that I hate it, but it's not my favorite either. And I kind of go, meh, why don't we watch something else? Why didn't they give us something else here? But there is kind of a structural reason why we need this episode, because the way this has been set up, we knew from the end of the 11th hour that when Amy runs off with the doctor, it was her wedding night. I mean, right. or the day before her wedding. And so, so that, that has to be paid off. We've got to come back and find out what that wedding dress was about. And they have revealed to us in the previous episode that, yes, she, she t- tells the doctor she was about to get married the next day, and then she made a move on the doctor, which Stephen Moffat has said he regrets. Yep. And I agree. But we need, ultimately, what the, whether Amy makes a move on the doctor or not we have this unresolved conflict between her desire to travel with the doctor and her marriage. And Mm -hmm. Amy, at some point, needs to make a choice. She needs to either choose travel or marriage or find a way to combine the two, which is what ends up happening. Right. But she has this choice as a companion to make. And so next episode, Amy's choice we start to have that paid off. But before we can get to the choice, we need Rory to understand the stakes. Right. Because he's going to be affected by Amy's choice, whichever way it goes. And so to properly flesh out the drama, Rory needs to learn about the time travel and be exposed to it and be able to make his own choices about how do I feel about this? Is it something I could do? Is it something I want to run away from? things like that. And so there's a structural need for a Rory initiation to time travel episode. And that's right. really what this is. So I think there is a structural need for this episode. I just
2: think it could have been pulled off better than well, it was. I mean, this this d- definitely, it's, it's a Rory development episode, but it is so weak. I mean, and that's one of my complaints about the first season of Matt Smith's era, is Rory is played by like a dunce. He is not I can't say he's not a likable character, but I can say that he's not he's not a great character. He's just kind of comic relief for a lot of it.
0: Until the one where uh well let's just say where one where of the times he gets killed. Yeah. When, yeah. When yeah. he when he when he dies, quote unquote. Uh, one of the
2: times. Yes. But it's it's frustrating because of course, you know. Going on into further seasons, he becomes a strong character, and he becomes right. a great character.
1: Yeah, he becomes the main. To me, he becomes the main focus character. Amy has like gone off and become a, a second junior doctor, and yeah. Rory is the everyman companion that becomes the the camera through which we view the doctor's world. Exactly,
0: he is the the Sam Gamgee of he becomes yeah. <laughs> of the of the TARDIS, and for a lot of people. He is their favorite companion of new who, uh, which mm-hmm. which yeah. I, I'm 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 potentially in that camp. Um,
1: so uh, I th- I think Donna still for me, but of of the of the eleventh Doctor era, Rory is my favorite companion. I like oh, him better yeah. than Amy. I like him better than Clara. Yeah, I definitely. Agree well, he's with, such a hero, Jimmy. On that, you know?
0: yeah. So the story here, this one uh, starts with Venice, fifteen eighty. Uh, we have a man. Uh, we we'll find out later he's a he's a boat builder who's bringing his daughter to what's apparently some kind of exclusive school for girls, where, you know, he believes that if she gets admitted, she'll have opportunities in life that he can't provide. He tells uh, this woman uh, Donna Rosanna, uh, tells her that um, of, of his daughter, she is my world. He says, and and then Donna Rosanna says, then we will take your world. And, you know, very creepy, because...
1: Is it Donna or Dona?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, um, Dona. Uh, I'm not saying it correctly.
1: I mean, I could could getting, could getting be getting my Spanish and Italian mixed up.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Madonna. Madonna. I think it's Donna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, but it's a very creepy exchange, because, you know, you, you get the subtext here that, uh, you know, she, she's my world. Oh, then we will take your world into our own and make it our own. That could be the nice way of it. But she doesn't mean it the nice way. She means we're we're going to take your her, your world from you. Yep. And so, and then as he leaves, like she's admitted immediately. Goodbye. You you know you, you have to leave now. The man standing behind Rosanna bears his sharp teeth. He's he's got you know fangs uh, in his mouth, which is uh, uh, very scary. And then she screams, and then we cut to the opening. And when we come back, we have uh, Rory now in a pub with his with his pals, his mates for his uh his bachelor party and uh he, he's on the phone though telling a uh, calling amy to tell her how much he loves her because that's the kind of guy rory is he calls from his yep. bachelor party to tell his fiance how much he loves her <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and then uh it, the big the big cake rolls in the the uh uh cliche uh big cake which i don't think anybody ever has anymore but anyway I, it,
1: we did not have one at my bachelor party
0: no no oh i, I had a very nice bachelor party I did
1: too. Uh, I, we watched old Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, fun! We,
0: we Yes. Yeah. Um. So, um. He comes in. Uh, so the big kid comes in, and you know the kind where a girl is supposed to pop out and dance with them. But instead, it's the doctor, which was kind of funny. Act was because he he's good. He Matt Smith looks so goofy that he mm-hmm. just kind of and he's so gangly he just kind of pops out like a jack in the box, and and mm-hmm. he's just kind of there and looking around. Um, he
1: alludes to. Hoping he's not in the wrong cake again.
0: <laughs> I love the <laughs> I love the image that 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 leaves you with. You know the where, where did he pop out of before? Uh, and then he also says the uh, the the girl who's supposed to be in there is outside, but she, someone should bring her in to warm her up because she's not dressed properly for the weather or something. You know, so yeah. <laughs> and
1: uh and then, and then your fiance tried to kiss me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in front of
0: everybody. In front of everybody. Um. Uh. But then he says, but she's a great kisser. <laughs> Which is, like, he's trying to make it reassuring, and it's very awkward, very awkward.
1: And it's interesting, uh, so we have Matt Smith here being socially awkward, which, so this Mm -hmm. is not new for the 13th Doctor being socially awkward. Matt Smith was quite socially awkward. Even Peter Capaldi was socially awkward at times. Really, it's, uh, you know, all of the Doctors, I think, just about have been socially awkward. Maybe not, maybe not seven. Maybe not McCoy, but you do have this comedic social awkwardness, and it's much more prominent with some doctors than others. It's definitely prominent with 13. It's prominent with 12. One of my favorite scenes is where Clara has these cards to help Peter Capaldi navigate social situations. It's like, uh, no one here is going to get disintegrated, turned into a jelly, slash this other thing, you know, reassuring (laughs) things he can tell people. (laughs) And, but it's very prominent with Matt Smith. And, and sometimes it works, but in this particular scene, to quote the second doctor, Patrick Troughton, I don't like
0: it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's one I, thing I, I think they've it. been
2: more conscious about in New Who is kind of calling out the doctor or the doctor suddenly realizing afterwards, you know, Matt Smith, how many times did he say that sounded better in my head?
0: Right. <laughs> I did, I did like that. Well, and by, by the way, the card thing was from, uh, uh, under, was it the the, uh, the it, under the lake yeah. in the flood? It was Toby Whithouse thing. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, um, I Also, the I mean, for awkwardness, social awkwardness. The fourth Doctor, even though he was still relatively smooth with people, his social he was very socially awkward yeah. in that sense too. He was mm-hmm. not not great with people. It highlights the alienness, which I like. Yep. So, uh, w- then we go to the Doctor with Amy and Rory in the TARDIS, and he's talking about how he's kind of uh, lecturing a bit about how seeing that infinite time and space can mess with relationships. And so he's decided to take them on a date to any place amazing that they would like to go to kind of help repair the relationship. Uh, he apparently feels uh, guilty for Amy's uh, feelings for him or so, or, or whatnot.
1: I, I like also, there's a great moment where the doctor is like hinting for Rory to comment on how the TARDIS is bigger on the inside. Yeah. And Rory is all over. It's just, it's another dimension. <laughs> and yes. the doctor is just so deflated. And it's like, I like the bit when someone says it's bigger on the inside. And he looks at Ori and says, I look forward to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he's the doctor yeah, I was reading him. the latest science and they've talked about you know, how you could do this with dimensions and everything. And, he's, and the doctor's like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, After his experience with Prisoner Zero, he wanted to find out more about all this you know, alien technology and mysterious stuff. So yeah. he's not impressed. <laughs> one one of my that's
1: one of my Rory's reaction here is one of my favorite Tardis things. Uh, the other two because they got creative with this in New Who. I mean, we had some like we talked about last week in Earth Shock where there's just no time with the mm-hmm. Space Marines to comment on it, and we just get their reaction shots. Yeah, right. You know, because there's an emergency going on. But then in New Who we have creative variations. Uh, we have Rory's. Oh, it's another dimension. And then we're going to have Clara who comes in and sees it. And this is in her 19th century governess incarnation and in the snowman. And then she runs outside and runs all the way around the TARDIS and comes back in and says, it's smaller on the outside. <laughs> yes. and, 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 and then we have Bill thinking it's like some kind of elevator. Yep. and and then we have the doctor himself when river song brings him in and doctor number 12 she doesn't know who he is and he oh it's my turn and he starts going (laughs) on
0: about how it's bigger on the inside (laughs) that was that might have been my favorite one of all because i just i did love that but capaldi's hamming it up that was so good um so they uh so after they 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 uh, decide on what they're going to do the the doctor says, "How about someplace romantic?" So they land in Venice in 1580. So uh, by coincidence, uh, it's at the height of its of Venice's power in the Renaissance. Like this is v- Venice at its peak, really. Uh, mm-hmm. This this time period they're living in reality. By the way, a lot of this was filmed in Croatia. Uh, oh from, wow! It's where uh, it stand in for unspoiled medieval <laughs> or Renaissance. Uh, well, I, suppose cities lot, now.
2: I suppose a lot. I suppose architecture is fairly similar, so it'd be easy to find places I, that would match.
0: It was. Uh, I think a lot of it was built by Venetians, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, because <that's... laughs> they had expanded their influence. Um, Game of Thrones is, was filmed in in uh, Croatia. A lot of stuff like and, that is filmed. And frankly, it was probably it a
2: lot cheaper
0: too. Uh, that's the other part. So uh, <laughs> they're they're stopped by a man who uh, checks their papers. Uh, he mentions that there's a plague and therefore the the city is quarantined. That sounds vaguely familiar. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> and uh, no,
1: he's doing. Quarantining visitors and contact tracing. It's like, oh, yeah, I <laughs> totally know about this. <laughs>
0: yeah, yep. right. Uh, so uh, no one can come in or out of the city, uh, which how does commerce in Venice happen then? But never mind. Um, uh, it, it, well,
1: we have experience with how that kind of commerce <laughs> happens. It doesn't.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, all this because of Signora Rosanna Calviere, the, the, the woman from the beginning uh, of the episode, uh the doctor is kind of surprised oh the plague has died out uh there shouldn't be any plague to worry about oh but not according to the official and Senora uh, Calaveri he says uh, she's traveled and seen it so we have to be very safe which <laughs> this is going to fuel the uh <laughs> the 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 people who think uh, covid-19 is fake <laughs> and the quarantines are <laughs> controlling us maybe it is aliens maybe it is that uh, would I, be 2020
1: I, like, I i like how the, when the doctor uses psychic paper Yep. To uh, get past him, he refers to the doctor as "Oh, Your Holiness." I didn't know. So that would mean, <laughs> given the year 1580, yes, that he's either perceiving the doctor as Pope Gregory the Thirteenth or as the Third Dalai Lama Sonam Gyatso. I'm betting <laughs> on the former.
0: Yes. <laughs> so Pope Gregory is uh, showing up. Yes. Uh, Amy In a is time. a. According to the psychic paper, Amy is a viscountess. But when Rory reads it, and this is what's funny, is when he reads it himself, it says he's her eunuch, which is like so. This is Rory's own perception of his uh, his relationship now with Amy in the yeah. in this time period. <laughs> is uh, he feels like a like a, a eunuch in this there's, relationship? There's a
1: kernel of truth there. <laughs> yes, I mean he is Mr. Amy Pond.
0: Yes, he is. So uh, meanwhile, we're at the uh, the Calviary School for Girls where uh, the Kardashians are coming out for a walk. <laughs> I don't know about you, but they looked like Kardashians to me. Uh, they're wearing veils and carrying umbrellas against the sun. Uh, Guido, the boat builder, uh, is there trying to find his daughter, Isabella. Uh, and they as when he approaches them, they bare their fangs at him, which you know seems to be a dead giveaway that something's wrong. So the doctor sees all this and then questions Guido, which makes him want to meet the Calvaries. Uh, he, 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 he's intrigued now. So now Rosanna and her son Francesco, the, the Calviaries, they discuss their plans, something about acquiring enough girls to satisfy all of his brothers. So we've we've got the development of some dastardly plan that, uh, mm. uh, that will involve these, these girls in the school. And also, despite the vampires in the title,
1: she, mommy
0: is hydrating
1: at this yes. point. So she's like drinking from an enormous chalice of
0: water, not blood. Yep. Uh, well, we don't actually see that it's water. Is it actually
1: water yeah, or is it blood? Yeah, well, the guy is. There's a fountain right there. Okay, and, and I mean, it you kind
2: don't of see implies, you don't see any, don't see any yeah. stain of blood or anything like that on the inside of the chalice when she
0: sets it down. Okay, it's clear. I mean, it sort of it sort of implies that the all of that imagery though about vampires and needing but, to, uh, you know, to consume mass quantities of blood and that sort of stuff. Uh, so. The, 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 it's kind of in conveying an an idea, but we're we're clear pretty early. They're probably not real vampires, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. We'll get there. Uh, now, Amy and Rory. Uh, the, the Doctor's doing his thing with Guido, and Amy and Rory well, are off. Although walking. there yep. there
1: have been real vampires on Doctor Who before. I mean, not just the hemovores that like uh, Ace mm-hmm. and the Doctor encountered, but actual vampire vampires from the Fourth Doctor's time right. in mm-hmm. State of Decay. Where Adric, this is an Adric episode you haven't seen yet, Dom, where Adric gets sort of (laughs) traitor-y with these vampires from the dark times.
0: Adric going traitor? I don't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to see it for yourself. (laughs) So so Amy and Rory are off on their own, uh, walking through Venice, talking about what she's been doing with the Doctor and whether or not she's actually missed Rory. (laughs) Mm. I had to say at this point though, they don't act much like a couple. Like they, Mm-mm. like you, you don't really get the sense that Amy is all that interested in Rory. And I think that's one of the, one of the failings of how they've portrayed them in these, this yeah. first part of this first season is like, I, you know, you can have her be conflicted about the, about her relationship, but to, it, you got to sell. Why is she marrying Rory? Like, like, right. th- There's just no sense at all up to this point, including in the the first episode of the season, why she even likes him. I mean,
2: there's there's really no chemistry there at all. I mean, it, it, it's and that is the fr—again, that's frustrating part about this whole thing of she's marrying the guy but wants nothing to do with him.
1: Right. I didn't read it that way. I think Amy is a twenty-something young woman who's immature. And flighty and has issues from being abandoned by the doctor as a child. Mm. And so I think she likes Rory and she wants to marry Rory. And she is, I think she's interested in Rory, but she also is so excited about getting to travel with the doctor now that that's her exciting, distracting new toy in her life, you know, right. this time travel thing and so she's into this adventure and he's more like interested in their relationship and there's this there's a moment that where this really comes out the doctor and rory and amy all run together and the doctor's like there's vampires and amy's like vampires and rory's like you know and you just see the difference in enthusiasm level right where the doctor and and amy are on the same page as time travelers but rory is not as not yet there but when when amy realizes whenever amy realizes that she's damaging her relationship with rory she's like nope i'm gonna suck it up i'm gonna focus on rory now yes let's go on with our date in romantic venice and and then she'll get distracted again by vampires and time travel and stuff. But she's trying to make it work. She's just very distracted and immature.
0: It's similar in some ways to the Ninth Doctor, Rose and Mickey. Although I have to say, Rose and Mickey, they did seem like a couple. I mean, there was much more. Mm-hmm. But Rose was still like, "I'm excited to see this dangerous thing," and Mickey's like, "Why? It's dangerous." And, yeah. and and so it was it was similar in that way, but I think in, in in with Rose and Mickey there was still more of a sense of relationship. Although they end up breaking apart, uh, they, right. they they end up you know he ends up leaving. So uh, you know it, it's it's an interesting difference. So anyway, they they hear a scream. They run up and and find uh, Francesco sucking blood from the neck of the flower girl. Uh, Amy chases him. Uh, but loses him when he dives into a canal. You can see him looking at her from below the water, uh, in in the canal.
1: By the way, we should mention that the fangs these vampires have are not the normal vampire fangs, which are basically elongated, you know, canine teeth. Yeah, and these are like some kind of weird fish fangs that are, you know, it looks like more like the teeth you'd find in the mouth of certain kinds of certain kinds of fish.
0: Piranha, I think, is what came to my mind. But uh, yep. which which is actually kind of funny, given the uh, the urban legends about piranha living in the canals of Venice, which might be mm. where no. this uh, story's genesis might come from. Haven't
1: <laughs> heard those.
0: Oh, yeah. When I was a kid. And uh, they, they, obviously, they would, it could never happen because piranha are Amazonian. Tropical. Tropical. Yeah. Uh, also,
1: they, they don't they don't eat
0: people the way the yes. movies make it sound. Yes. So the uh, the doctor, meanwhile, is sneaking into the Calviary School. Uh, he's down in the cellar, um, admiring a mirror on the wall, and the the uh, the girls from the ooh, school ooh,
1: admiring himself in a
0: mirror on the <laughs> wall. That's true, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and the girls sneak up behind him while he's looking in the mirror, and they don't have a reflection. So one of these vampire you know uh, facts Tropes. we have uh, vampires do not have reflections in mirrors, uh, and he. It's kind of funny, his reaction, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of uh, turning, whipping around. The girls are all speaking in unison, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. they all in one voice. Uh, they ask who he is, and he, he. I do like that he whips out what he thinks is the psychic paper, but Amy still has <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. It's his library card that has the first doctor's photo on it, <laughs> William Hartnell. <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did like that.
1: Because he, he left the psychic paper with Rory. Yes, yep. that's right, yeah. that's right. Interestingly, so he's all excited about, ooh, pale, creepy girls who don't like sunlight and can't be seen in mirrors? This is awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he figures out there's some kind of low-level perception filter or something that's keeping them from being seen in the mirrors. It's interesting, Stephen Moffat, his most recent big TV project with Mark Gatiss was Dracula. They did, oh, a, yeah. they, did a, they did an updated three 90-minute movies about Dracula. And so it's interesting to compare the treatment of vampires in this to the treatment of vampires that Moffat is later gonna go on to do. Because they do one of the one of the key things in the new Dracula series, which is not for children. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the key things in it is you have this nun, Abigail Van Helsing, who is interested in the occult. She's got this great line where at one point Dracula's quizzing her about her knowledge of these occult matters. And she's like, We can discuss my improperly suppressed interest in the occult later. For now, I'm interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she recognizes all these vampire tropes. It's like, and how they don't make sense. Can't come in unless you're invited. Can't go out in the sun. Can't you know, look at yourself in a mirror, various other things, you know, it can't cross a trail of rice or things like that. What connects all of these things? And that's one of the driving things in that is somehow if you can find the key to what explains all the weird vampire things, that will be the key to defeating Dracula because they've Mm got to have something in common.
0: Right. Interesting.
1: And in that case, it's not, he's a fish person from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, here, the doctor, uh, ha- you know, after uh, having admired the girls and then them bearing their fangs at him, uh, he's he knows it's time to go. But first, he says, tell me the whole plan. <laughs> when the- yeah. Of course, they don't. And he says, someday that'll work. <laughs> yeah. I-, I do like that. <laughs> uh, and, uh he does seem inordinately excited and delighted about discovering vampires. And, and as you said, Amy is too. And Rory is not only weirded out by the vampires, but, but weirded out by the fact that they're excited that they're yeah. encountering vampires. Uh, so it's it there's a particular kind of person who's a, a companion to the doctor that I guess we're finding. Mm-hmm. So they, they go to Guido's house uh, to plan out how they're going to get back into the school. Amy worst
1: wants to- plan ever. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: well, yes. Amy wants to sneak in as the inside man. She wants to be admitted. You know, try to get admitted as 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 a student. Um, yeah.
1: After after Isabella has forgotten her father, you yes. want to go in there and and how they're going to forget you on the doctor? I mean, do not assume this is not remotely safe enough.
0: Well, and it's interesting that the doctor at one point mutters. You know it can't keep happening like this. This is how they go. What does he mean by that? you get a a sense of what he means when he says that?
1: I assume he's talking about uh companions getting themselves in danger right, or plans going this way
0: yeah you know, or bad things happening to them or or companions becoming too doctorish maybe uh you know kind mm-hmm. of kind of putting themselves into greater danger than they're capable of getting themselves out of
1: which is a big theme in this
0: episode. Yes, yes. Um we do get the uh, uh Chekhov's uh, pile of gunpowder. mm Mhm. <laughs> yeah. Since Guido builds boats at the Venetian arsenal, which is a famous uh you know uh, world wonder sort of thing, uh, he uh it's it's their Venice's military base basically. Mm-hmm. Uh he's got all he's been taking home barrels of gunpowder instead which,
1: of Pens from the office. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was
0: the doctor Rory said that. Yo, the doctor says most people just nick stationery from where they work, which (laughs) is good. And then the doctor says that you know to end this scene, he says it makes you wonder what could be so bad. It they that it doesn't mind that making you think it's a vampire. Like they're okay. Apparently, the Calviaries are okay with everyone thinking they're vampires. So what could be so bad that vampire is the better? Option to uh, people think you are that that was uh, that was I thought was a pretty good uh, twist on things. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've settled on the fact of Rory posing as Amy's brother to get her into the school. Uh, there was a whole thing about Amy did, didn't think the do- having the doctor pose as her brother. She thought that was weird, but having her fiance pose as her brother was not. But uh, th- they do a pretty bad job of selling it.
1: I, I like how Rory explains that he's a gondola. Driver. driver. <laughs> yeah. Because yes. he can't think of the word gondolier. Yeah. yeah. And for Americans, saying you're a gondola driver is a little, it sounds a little stranger yeah. than it would in Britain because they'll like refer to pilots of planes as, you know, driving the plane. Yeah. Right? And so, but here in America, we would never do that. It's well, either piloting the plane or flying the plane.
2: Well, it, it, I, I've heard I've heard Americans use the term driving the plane, but it, uh, probably really? a clearer example is we talk about the guy who runs the train as an engineer. Over there, mm-hmm. he's the driver of the train.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I also like the psychic paper this time, which they show to Signora Calvieri. Yes. And, she and oh, you have such excellent references from the King of Sweden. <laughs> right. So what? I guess he gave him things that they were needing. <laughs>
0: Well that's that's the thing is, is like, she, like she turns to her steward and goes it, cause after Rory kind of blurts out the you know you, you should take her because you know uh, she would be great here cheers and uh, and she turns to her steward and says why have you brought me these imbeciles they've had yeah. references from his majesty king of sweden oh well yeah. we'll <laughs> let you in
1: <laughs> I, I there's a great bit in um in a jeeves and Worcester. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Jeeves is uh, playing Minnie the Moocher on the piano, uh-huh. and he's then talking. I'm sorry, Worcester is playing Minnie the Moocher. You know, he he had a dream. She had a dream about the King of Sweden. He gave her things that she was needing. And he turns to Jeeves to talk to him about that, and he says, "Yes, His Majesty King Gustav does seem to have been remarkably generous with the young woman."
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what joy I've got to just sit down and watch one day.
0: Gotta love Jeeves. So uh, Amy is taking, uh, taken into the inner part of the uh, school, where and Rory is sent packing. And so uh, she meets Isabella, who uh, you know, gets her alone. And so Isabella tells her that every night they take her to a room where they strap her to a chair. But she doesn't remember what happens after that. She just wakes up uh, again in, in this room later. Uh, and so while Guido, the doctor, and Rory are gondoliering uh, into the secret underground tunnel... That this is the whole reason Amy's in there is she has to open a trap door that's locked that this tunnel leads yeah. to, so uh, Amy is oh, ma- and, and, making her way to the and, cellars.
1: Yeah, and there's also a nice wardrobe switch at this point because since Rory doesn't have gondolier clothes, yes, he's borrowed them from Isabella's father Guido. Yep, and so consequently they've swapped clothes. So Guido is now wearing a T-shirt from Rory's bachelor party. Yeah, that has like a heart with on the front with a photograph of Amy and Rory in the heart. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't quite fit him very well. So uh, yeah,
1: but they ne- they never say anything about it. I just like the implied wardrobe switch.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, Amy makes her way to the cellars and opens the trap door, but is caught, and that uh, that th- we're you know that we're cut from there, and we she's taken away. the The meanwhile, the doctor and Rory going down this secret tunnel lit by uh, with their torch are bickering about amy kissing the doctor uh, i i like the, the exchange where he says rory says um, you kissed her back and the doctor says no on the mouth <laughs> 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 it's a like classic the doctor Long not thing getting to say. <laughs> <laughs> so amy has been taken to señora rosana who tells amy that psychic paper doesn't work on her which does. Yeah. Uh, and, and thus she knows what, what it's are you like waving your hand around like you're some kind of Jedi? Mind <laughs> tricks don't work on me. Mind tricks <laughs> don't work on me. Only money. <laughs> 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 so, your
1: impression is better than mine.
0: Uh, I've done it a lot. <laughs> mm. So Rory has a. Uh, it pulls out his small pen light once they come through the trap door to to look around. The doctor pulls out this large ultraviolet light wand that he's got. <laughs> Stuff somehow in his jacket. I mean, it's like he's got the jacket of impossible containment, uh, plus three, uh, that he's wearing. And so he pulls out this, and he says something to the effect of vampires, ultraviolet light. uh, Portable sunlight. Portable sunlight. Um, So Amy is now strapped into that chair that Isabella had uh, described earlier and uh, is questioned by Rosanna.
1: And, And the question is, what are you doing in my school? And Amy's answer is, I'm from Ofsted. Yes. And that won't mean anything to Americans, but in Britain, <laughs> Ofsted is the Office for Standards in Education. Ah, right. So, why are you in my school? I'm from the Office of Standards in Education. <laughs>
0: she's a school inspector, is what she's saying <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, obviously, uh, the, uh, their jurisdiction does not extend to Venice, but uh, nice try, Amy. <laughs> yeah. So." The, as she's being questioned uh Francesco and the other girls are taking out uh an, an IV drip bag and they 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 you know they strap her into the chair and uh Rosanna then bites Amy on the neck does the vampire thing uh and the the doctor meanwhile with Rory in the in the cellar finds a chest and opens it up and finds uh, the desiccated uh, remains of a, of a of a body with fangs uh, who's had all of the moisture taken out of them. Or her, presumably, I think is what they determined. It's a, it was a girl. Um, and uh, Rory Rory then confronts the doctor. This is like, I, I like this moment for Rory here, because he kind of stands mm-hmm. up to the doctor. says, you know what's dangerous about you? It's not that you make people take risks. It's that you make them want to impress you. You make it so they don't want to let you down. You have no idea how dangerous you make people to themselves when you're around. And the doctor doesn't really have a response to that because I think he knows and this is a really early, surprisingly
1: early insight from Rory, yeah, I mean, later, after Rory gets to know to know the doctor, he's going to tell the doctor things like you're you make people like you and stuff, and he has he has these um deeper insights into the doctor's flaws, and this like kind of comes out of nowhere. Right. I mean, he's seen he's just I mean, he's seen Amy do this now and correctly intuited, apparently, that she is doing she's endangering herself to impress the doctor. But wow, Rory is surprisingly insightful here, especially
2: this early. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it this ties is, too yeah, into that, that statement about the, the doctor muttering about why is it going this way? Why does it always go this way? You know, it's the same kind of thing where even the doctor, like you said, doctor's aware of it. But. Mm-hmm. To hear it from someone else kind of puts him back on his heels a little bit and, you know, makes him kind of stop and think, although he does kind of pay it back to Rory a little bit later, too, so.
0: Right, right. Uh, and I, I, so this is why I, I kind of like, I think, Father Corey, you were right that they play Rory kind of as a dummy this first season, most of this first season, but there are these moments where he kind of stands up, he gets that backbone that he'll will be known for later, yeah. uh, and uh, this is one of those. This is nice. So. Rosanna reveals to the to Amy that what they what her and Francesco are doing is they drink the girls until they're dry. They they suck all the blood out and then fill them with their own blood, so that it rages in them like a fire and eventually transforms them into the alien, the alien that they are and are no longer human or die, which is what the desiccated uh, corpses of the girls who didn't survive the transformation. So it's a sort of body snatchers sort of mm-hmm. situation here. Is what what we got. And she tells her that Francesco's 10,000 brothers await her in the canal waters, uh, to, uh, presumably to uh, perpetuate the species. And so Amy kicks at her, damaging a device that's under Rosanna's coat, a kind of chameleon circuit or a perception filter mm-hmm. that reveals that she's some kind of tilapia. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Fish, <laughs>
2: lobster wasp. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they do get like lobster, a lobster's tail. Wasp.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the... uh The Doctor and Rory show up. Isabella releases Amy. Together they run for the cellars and the tunnel. Uh, And uh, Amy tells the Doctor that, you know, um, they're not vampires, they're aliens. The Doctor says, that's good news. And Rory asks, what is wrong with you people? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, because he's still misfired. But they, they get out the tunnel door, but Isabella cringes away from the light and is hauled back inside. So she's been transformed enough that being in daylight is painful, uh, and she gets hauled back inside. And when the doctor goes to the door to get her back, he's electrocuted. The door is electrified uh, somehow. And this is kind of a dark turn for this episode, because Isabella does not survive here. She's No,
1: they take her to execute her as a traitor, and they push her into the water, and it's like Jaws, except Mm -hmm. no blood.
0: Right, right, yes, uh, for for uh saturday afternoon <laughs> children family time uh yeah she walks the plank and the the butler reads out uh aloud he says and so in memory of the children lost to the silence the traitor is delivered to the arms of those she betrayed so we have another mention of the si- we have prisoner 0 the ep- you know oh, that whole thing we we heard about the silence descending and now we're hearing about the silence again which is going to be one of the key elements here in the
1: that will never be properly paid off,
0: hmm. <laughs> I know you're right <laughs> they they set it all up for for a long time, and they don't quite close the the loop on it, but she's being fed to rosanna's children they're they're eating her here male children her male children her sons uh when Rosanna returns to her throne room, the doctor is there, so the doctor you know lounging in her throne, Isabella's been executed, and he's kind of clueless i i I don't think they properly pay off the fact that the doctor failed Isabella. Like, the whole point right. of what he's been doing was to rescue this girl.
1: Well, they they do pay off an aspect of it, which I, th- I thought they did really nicely. So in this scene, the doctor is confronting Signora Calvieri in her throne room, and he identifies her as from the planet Saturnine, yeah. which means wolf-like, <laughs> right. not fish-like but whatever, and they go through how the perception filter works. So like the first time you see somebody, in a if, you, if you're seeing them in a mirror and you've never seen them before, your brain doesn't know what to fill it in with. Right. That's why the doctor didn't see them in a mirror. They also cover, well, why do we sometimes see your teeth? It's because that's when we're threatening you and self-preservation overrides the perception filter and you can see their fangs. Right. So there's some nice stuff there to explain these vampire tropes but Senora also gives him information about why we're here. She says there were cracks in time. We saw the silence. We ran from the silence through one of these cracks. And she offers him, she learns he's the last of the Time Lord, offers him a partnership and of whatever kind he wants, and there is an implication of we could be husband and wife here. And the doctor asks her, She in talking to her about Isabella, she doesn't remember who Isabella is at first. Right. And the doctor then announces, I will tear your house down stone by stone because you didn't know Isabella's name. Right. And so the fa- so it, 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 it's not just that Isabella's dead, it's that you didn't even know her name. That's how little you care about other people, and that's why I'm going to destroy you. And okay. it's it's a lot like the moment in A Christmas Carol where Kazran Sar- Sardik refers to the woman in the ice chest as, oh, nobody important. And the doctor's like, oh, funny, 900 years of space and time, I've never met anyone who wasn't important.
0: Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. There, there is a bit of, I mean, you do see a little flash of his anger here at that, I, I guess. And her her death leads to Guido's uh, acts in a minute, mm-hmm. which which is part of that too um so i guess that there is a bit there is a payoff i guess uh, i just didn't feel big enough for me but mm-hmm. she does say by the way at one point when she talks talks about running from the silence she says um others are building a new society on earth too i think is what she says that that they're not the only ones who've showed up on earth to rebuild themselves because of the silence was that what she said uh, does, the implication there i missed it yeah i'm not sure on that one she so he says so Earth is to become Saturnine Mark II, and she says and you can help me we can build a new society here as others have what do you say
1: well certainly we've seen Doctor Who invasion attempts before to I mean you know that was the Zygons their planet was yep. destroyed so you know
0: okay okay I guess that's uh, that by bus we were referring to so in any case uh, after the Doctor leaves uh, the Calviere after with his threat in uh, hanging there uh he goes back to guidos and the the doctor figures out that the plan is to sink venice and make it habitable for the this she's he called her sister of the water so the sisters of the water or the well there's the, the boys saturnines saturninians, the saturninians the, the, <laughs> the Saturninies, <laughs> the saturninios uh so the doctor figures out that the the plan is to make it habitable for them uh and that's when the converted fish from space girls uh show up and attack uh they it, on the second floor you have such noisy neighbors upstairs we there is no one upstairs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good line um they have to there's a
1: there's a, a couple of neat visual things in this scene where uh the doctor uses the sonic screwdriver as a dermal regenerator from star trek on amy's neck where she got bit
0: yeah that's true
1: and also as he's trying to think he doesn't want anybody talking and he like First, puts his hand over Amy's mouth. She's sitting on one side of the table from him. Yep. And then, when Rory talks, he puts his other hand over Rory's mouth at the same time. And then, when Guido, who's sitting next to Rory, talks, Rory puts his hand over Guido's mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop talking, brain thinking, hush. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then uh, so they he he comes up with a plan. They the the girls from the school show up. He they break a window. He shines. He, first, he shines the UV light at them to kind of make them shy away from him. Uh, although they're out in sunlight, so I'm not sure what the big deal is. And then uh, he uses the sonic to turn off the perception filter for a moment to reveal that they are actually um, fish from space. People. Fish,
1: wasp, fish wasp, lobster people. Yeah.
0: Uh, they go. So the doctor and the others run. Uh, run from them. The Guido tricks the doctors and the others out, then slams the door behind them and stays inside, then leads the girls to his stockpile of gunpowder to blow them all up together. So he, he uh, kills the converted fish girls, uh, which was going to ruin Rosanna's plan, but she doesn't know it yet, uh, and in uh, himself. Meanwhile, Rosanna activates a device in her tower of her school that starts blowing smoke into the sky and causing clouds to roil because... If it rains enough over Venice, it will sink or something.
1: (laughs) Well, I wondered about that, too. I mean, how does a storm sink Venice? Because it it wouldn't. Yes. But uh, apparently she's also causing an earthquake. Right. And I Uh, think the earthquake will sink Venice.
0: That would sink Venice, I think, yeah. The doctor orders Amy back to the TARDIS. Uh, When she balks, he he gives her a very stern order. And Rory thanks him. So he's doing this to make her safe as sort of um reparation to Rory and to as as a way to make it up to Rory a little bit for, for the things that Rory was upset about?
1: I think it's also just that Amy is a very new companion and she's endangering herself and the doctor realizes this and he's I mean later Amy will be a second doctor can can take care of herself, but this is not yet that Amy.
0: Right, right. So uh, Francesco, meanwhile, has gone after Amy and Rory while the doctor is going to confront Rosanna. He tells Rosanna that the the girls are dead, and she leaves in despair, leaving him to have to save the city by doing something with her throne, which is actually a, an alien device. Francesco stalks Amy while Rory—he's he's going after Amy, he's almost mesmerizing her, while Rory is trying to distract him with a broom uh, that he's <laughs> he grabs.
1: First, though he does the christopher um uh, Christopher Lee two candlesticks to make a cross
0: <laughs> yes, that's right that doesn't, And doesn't it doesn't work, doesn't work no, he's Peter, not Peter really Cushing does
1: that in the in the hammer version of Dracula right in the most awesome Dracula takedown scene ever <laughs> is, is is in that movie with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee by hammer
0: nice i I have to see that one because Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in the same movie. Saruman, and Grand Moff Tarkin.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so- uh, Grand Moff Tarkin totally wins, and it is awesome how it happens.
0: <laughs> nice. So, uh, so Rory, nothing Rory does distracts Francesco until he insults Rosanna. What did you say about my mother? So, so he turns <laughs> on him and- uh, Never insult an Italian's mother. Never. Even an alien presenting to be an Italian. <laughs> So uh the, there's a there's this funny scene where Rory's got a, a broom and Francesco has a sword and they're going you know going back and forth and he gets the drop on Rory, Rory's on his back and he's he reveals himself in his alien fish lobster form, jumps on him and a- this is when Amy reflects the sunlight using a pocket mirror onto him which blows him up.
1: I know, really? <laughs> All you have to do is use a compact. Yes. Yeah. That you use to powder your nose reflect a ray of sunlight on him
2: in a situation where it's already daylight yep and he blows up yep who knew it was so easy well I, I think what they're saying you know they're saying they can go outside during the day but it can't be direct sunlight
0: yeah I mean it's in the narrow yeah. co- uh alleyway uh maybe <laughs> I, know.
2: I know again we, we we're not the biggest fan of this particular writer so yeah, understandable.
0: Right. Or or I mean I like actually
1: I kind of do like his non Doctor Who writing cuz he also writes fan stuff. Yep. Okay. And he's I, I just his scripts are not always the greatest. I also after having seen Rory endanger himself in order
0: to defend her, Amy now kisses Rory. Right, that's true. Uh yes, there this is the moment where like you know where she sees him as Action hero Rory, uh, so mm-hmm. and, and that that makes her like him all the more. So they go to help the doctor. He tells them to destroy the throne, rip things apart off of it, just get it to stop because he's going to climb the tower to shut down the generator, which is in the tower. If they destroy the the throne, is like the primary control panel where, and so if they destroy that, it the everything will shift to the secondary control in the tower, which he knows somehow because the doctor always knows.
1: And so people on the outside in Venice are totally panicking and freaking out because it's raining. <laughs> right. and And I'm not sure why. And then the doctor climbs up to the top of the tower where the secondary hub and generator is, and he opens it up, and it has an off switch. Yes. And it's just a little switch. And he yeah. flips the switch, and it stops, and it stops raining, and the crowd below applauds because it's not raining anymore from their perspective and they somehow know that he stopped the rain as opposed to just being someone who climbed up a tower and did something they couldn't see yeah aha <laughs> uh-huh.
0: well and of course the doctor has to climb on the outside of a tower again because the, yep. the doctor always has to do is <laughs> the he's the, the 10th doctor and now the 11th doctor. they're always climbing towers up into dangerous places to, to turn things off and fix things
2: See this. is this is the point though where it became clear, at least in my mind, that they were kind of hitting a point of we need to end this episode. How do we do it as quickly as possible? I know right. we have the doctor climb up the tower, and then we have the final scene
0: where, yeah, unplug it. He, yep, he, he flips a switch, and yep. it's a little,
1: this is like a twentieth early. This is like a nineteen forties on off
0: switch
2: that you'd have on a fan. or Yeah, something. well, this it looks like the kind of switch you'd get at Radio Shack today. I mean, just your yeah. basic yeah. metal
0: switch toggle yeah. that is on something that rotates so it <laughs> yeah. makes it harder to get at it you know that's what it is anyway so uh rosanna meanwhile is the last one standing and she's she can't turn off the perception filter uh because amy damaged it so she discards the um the filter but she's still disguised like yeah. she throws the filter but it doesn't like this but she still looks like rosanna not the fish alien.
1: Does
2: not make sense. This was the weakest part of the entire episode.
0: Disrobes clothes that she's not actually wearing, <laughs> you know, right? Mm-hmm. And then jumps into the canal to be eaten by her children because they are, they only see the perception filter her and think she's human.
2: Well, and this, this, this 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 like I said, this is where the, it's clear they we needed to end the episode, and they had to have the guilt trip. Of course, the, can right. your conscience handle another genocide? Right.
1: Yeah, and the reason she's killing herself is because the doctor, well, Guido actually, blew up all of her converted daughters, and so now the sons don't have anybody to make fish babies with, and so she can't make more?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the end of her race, apparently. The, the, and the why, what
1: happens with the sons? I mean, unless... Well, the, that- and. Because they're still going to be down there eating people unless you take care of that problem, too, unless you say, oh, you kill the queen vampire and all of the others die, which is a ridiculous, horrible cliche that's a mark of bad writing.
0: This is the origin of the piranhas and the canals of Venice, the perfect legend. (laughs) (laughs) And they will eventually die out. Uh, So uh, we end things with Amy and the doctor and Rory in the marketplace, and Amy asks Rory to keep traveling with them. Uh, as they as they go into the TARDIS, uh, the busy marketplace suddenly goes silent, and we hear Rosanna in voiceover now talking again about the cracks and the silence and the end of things. And uh, so, I'm not quite sure why the marketplace goes silent and everybody disappears. Um, is this the silence?
2: This is the silence. T- this is the one they've talked effect. about.
0: Yep. Okay. So this is the silence spreading through yep. space and time, and it, it's reached. Venice in 1580, I guess.
1: Mm. I, I, I thought it was more, less specific than that. The Doctor turns—interestingly, Amy invites Rory to become a companion. Yes. And the Doctor's okay with that. But then as they're going into the TARDIS, the Doctor stops Rory and says, What do you hear? And Rory says, I don't hear anything. And that's when we have this silence. But I thought it was just more ominous alluding for the future okay. without really meaning anything concrete for now.
0: Okay. Cuz it yeah, cuz it the marketplace goes com- like 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 flip a switch. It goes from busy, crowded, lots of noise in the background to 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 quiet. Um yeah, and then Rory says specifically says, "All I can hear is silence," which is that illusion. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we end and uh we get uh next week's uh, preview for next week's episode, which is the Amy's choice. Amy's choice. Yay! This one is awesome. I love this one coming up. <laughs> and the dream time lord.
2: The the dream lord. Yeah. The dream
0: lord. Yes. Uh, that w- that's 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 going to be an interesting discussion for us. But that's that's for next time.
2: This, this was kind of fun to go back through some of these episodes. I haven't watched a lot of these episodes since they first aired, so it's it's fun. I I don't remember that particular one, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Yes. So Father Corey, any final comments on this uh, episode? Nothing here. Jimmy. Nope. I'm good. All right, so let's wrap things up by taking a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Doctor Who, including Anne G., Allison K., Thaddeus P., Jennifer B., and the Stander family. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So, that's it from us. What did you think of The Vampires of Venice? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, or by sending an email to Doctor Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the seventh Doctor story, The Happiness Patrol. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of doctor who thank you dom jimmy aiken thank you as well thanks dom and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of doctor who on star quest and remember funny how you can say something in your head and it sounds fine right this is gonna be fun